From the AMF Podcast Studios, this is the Health and Safety Law Report. I'm Doug Jenks. And I'm Abby White. So we have big news uh, for our listeners today. Today is Friday, June 11th, 2021. And just yesterday, OSHA finally issued its long-awaited emergency temporary standard for uh, employers and COVID-19. But it did something that I didn't expect. Maybe others did, but I, I certainly didn't expect this. It limited this emergency temporary standard to just the, uh, essentially the healthcare industry. Abby, did you see that coming? Did not see that coming. It makes sense, but I didn't see it coming. It definitely makes sense because that's still the industry that is going to have the heaviest exposure to um, people with COVID-19, I guess. But I had expected that this would be an emergency temporary standard for all employers to deal with COVID-19, but that's, that's not what we got, which is, which is fine, I guess. Um, but instead of including all employers in the emergency temporary standard, it also issued additional guidance for essentially non-healthcare uh, related employers. So as before, we're really just getting more and more guidance from OSHA that seems to be something that they are going to enforce under the general duty clause. Do you agree with that? I do agree with that. In terms of the um, emergency temporary standard for, um, for the healthcare employers, it's going to be published under 19 or it's well 29 CFR 1910.502 subpart U and when it is published in the federal register then it will be effective so until it shows up in the federal register it's it's not going to be enforced but that could happen very quickly for now if you want to look at this just go to the uh, osha.gov website and uh, and you'll be able to find it pretty pretty quickly what this new emergency temporary standard does is it requires health care related employers those who are likely to have employees working where people with COVID-19 might be located to, to implement fairly robust programs with regard to personal protective equipment, training, social distancing, physical barriers, ventilation, health screening, disinfecting. So all of the things that OSHA has been talking about for many months that uh, they have said were just guidance are now requirements under this emergency temporary standard. Do you think we'll see challenges to this? I mean, on the ground that there's really not an emergency anymore? Isn't that kind of a threshold issue that we need to deal with here? Is there really still an emergency? Yeah, so you could raise that as a, as a defense, right? So if you're cited under this, you could say, what's the emergency? Right. Correct. Uh, and arguably there is none because anybody who wants a vaccine can get one. Right. And so may, maybe cited uh, healthcare providers would raise that defense. I think this emergency temporary standard was needed like a year ago. Yeah. And I would hope that employers in the healthcare field are already doing all these things anyway. They probably are. I, I would think so. So that is the emergency temporary standard. It's, uh, it's pretty long. When I printed it out, 
it was like over 40 pages. So if you are in the healthcare industry, you might just uh, take a look at that and make sure that you are um, familiar with, with the requirements. But it, and they're pretty clear, you know, when OSHA issues a standard, um, you need to just carefully follow exactly what it tells you to do. There's a little bit less clarity uh, with regard to the, the guidance that OSHA issued yesterday. So again, rather than issuing an emergency temporary standard for COVID for all employers, it only did that for, these, for healthcare employers and then other kinds of employers who are not healthcare related now have just fallen under this, um, this guidance, which is titled Protecting Workers, Guidance on Mitigating and Preventing the Spread of COVID-19 in the Workplace. And that also is available at OSHA.gov. You can just go and uh, just go to the website and you're, you're going to find it in, uh, in, like a, in like a second. And what I found that was interesting about this is that this new guidance is squarely pointed at unvaccinated employees. Uh, it, it actually even speaks directly to employees, which is not something that I have seen before. So usually when I read something from OSHA, it's talking to employers. And in this case, much of this guidance is actually speaking directly to employees. And in fact, it even says, if you are unvaccinated or otherwise at risk, you should follow recommended precautions and policies at your workplace. Have you, Abby, seen where OSHA is directly talking to employees before? No, never. I mean, never. That, did that strike you as being? It did. Yeah. And I mean, it, as I was reading this, like one of the first sentences that I read or in their guidance is that work, employers and workers should use the guidance to determine what control measures to, to follow. And so that's a little strange, right? Instructing an employee to decide what control measures they should follow. I've never seen that, but that's definitely what they're doing here. Yeah. So it's putting some responsibility on the employees themselves, which is, in my personal opinion, that seems appropriate. I agree. Yeah, it, it states, uh, it also states, most employers no longer need to take steps to protect their workers from COVID-19 exposure where all employees are fully vaccinated. Employers should still take steps to protect unvaccinated or otherwise at-risk workers in their workplaces. So they are clearly concerned about unvaccinated employees. And if you are an employer and all of your employees are vaccinated, and let's say you work in some sort of hermetically sealed environment where no unvaccinated people are likely to have contact with your employees, then there really isn't anything that you need to do. Are they presuming that yes. employers know who's been vaccinated and who hasn't? Yes. It seems like they are. Yes, right. That's another big part of this, which struck me as odd. So OSHA's clearly making a distinction between employees who are vaccinated and those who are unvaccinated. And, in, and they're telling employers that you need to follow these, these guidelines with regard to the unvaccinated uh, employees. This guidance does not tell employers that they need to go out and, and do some kind of investigation to determine who is vaccinated and who is not. 
they're almost, as you said, presuming that employers have this information in some way. I figured that before this came out, I thought that this guidance would be part of the emergency temporary standard. And I thought that this would require employers to actually determine who was vaccinated and who was unvaccinated so that they could behave accordingly. And that is not at all what we have here. They're, they're, just, they're just saying that if you are unvaccinated, you need to take precautions. And uh, if you're an employer and you have unvaccinated employees, then you should do, should do certain things. Doesn't say you are required to, just says you should do, do certain things. So what if you, and I think probably a lot of employers would fall into this category, what if you don't know? What if you have a pretty good idea that some employees are vaccinated? You maybe know for a fact that some are vaccinated and some are not just because sometimes employees talk about that kind of stuff. Um, but you don't know about your whole workforce. What do you do? I, I think that you might, as an employer, want to have a policy that would include some of the same guidance that OSHA has been issuing from the beginning, like the social distancing and like wearing masks. But I don't see in here that OSHA is requiring employers to require employees to wear masks. Do you see that, Abby? I don't see that. It says provide. And in my experience, the term provide means make available, not require, just make it available. So um, you know, I think the mask thing seems to be the biggest point of contention in most workplaces, at least yep. that's what I have been hearing from the employers I deal with. Right. Um, and so the way I read this, it sounds like OSHA is just telling employers they should provide face coverings or masks, uh, but they stop short of requiring employers to require unvaccinated employees to wear them. It's a should not a must or a shall. Right. There's a long list of should measures <laughs> that employers can implement. The guidance says that employers should do things to encourage employees who are not vaccinated to get him uh, vaccinated, like provide time off for employees who leave work to get a vaccination. Um, they should implement physical distancing for unvaccinated employees, as you said, should provide masks, which unvaccinated employees should wear, should provide effective training um, to your employees about COVID-19 policies, should maintain ventilation systems, and, and so on and so forth. It's all sort of surprising to me because I thought all of this stuff would be required in an emergency temporary standard. And that's, that's not what we got at all. And maybe this is just reflecting the fact that this COVID hopefully is uh, waning or the uh, pandemic is waning. Do you agree? I agree. I think it's also sort of a silent acknowledgement of the ADA concerns that people have raised about employers asking people about their vaccination status, and maintaining records of it and treating people differently because of it. You know, obviously that's not my area of practice. I know it's not your area of practice, but certainly we've heard people raise those concerns. And I think by taking this position, OSHA is sort of avoiding that conversation altogether. 
Right. Yeah. So they're not, they're not um, stepping into those waters about what you can and can't do to determine who is vaccinated and, and then uh, whether you can treat them differently and so on. Right. So what does this change? Like if I'm an employer, let's say I'm a manufacturer and I have already put up plexiglass between workstations and I already have people, maybe I've added a shift or, you know, somehow recalibrated my shifts so that people, there are fewer people coming into contact with one another. And I've already got the social distancing stickers all over my floor. And, you know, I'm already doing all the things I'm supposed to do. Do I stop? Do I continue on? What do I do? I mean, what do you think? I think you should continue to do exactly what you've what you've just described and continuing to operate in that same way, provided that you know that you have unvaccinated employees or you've got people who are coming into the workplace who may or may not be vaccinated. And of course you don't know. So I would, I think I would continue to follow those measures, but it's true that if your employees are vaccinated, then they don't need to worry about social distancing and masking and all that other stuff and they then should, what about they should the still wash their hands well yes one would hope one would hope they were washing their hands before <laughs> all this happened i agree you already have if you still have people your employees coming to work and wearing masks do you continue on with that do you change your policy to make it such that masks are available to everyone and you advise employees that if they have not been vaccinated, they should wear it and then just stop there. And then you don't police it. What do you do? Because that's, that's going to be the big question. I think that people want to know from a lifestyle perspective, you know, your lifestyle at work, it's uncomfortable to keep wearing a mask, especially in the summer months. So, you know, and, and I think actually OSHA's somewhere in this guidance, they say, if you're working outdoors and you've not been vaccinated, masks are optional, but what about indoors? I think you sort of answered the question, and, and that is that employers could simply tell employees that OSHA advises those employees who are not vaccinated to take measures to protect themselves from COVID-19 exposure, which includes social distancing and masking and you know, all, all the rest. If someone tries to cite an employer using this guidance, when the employer has provided masks and advised its employees that unvaccinated employees should wear a mask, if that's the basis for that citation, please bring that citation to me. Because I really think that OSHA is going to have a real hard time making that stick. And they would do so under the general duty clause, right? Right. But how can they cite an employer under the general duty clause now that there is an emergency temporary standard that they have chosen not to extend to other industries? And so what you're referencing is the prohibition against using the general duty clause as a substitute for a specific, specific standard. rulemaking. Yeah, yeah, rulemaking. They have now come out and found that this emergency temporary standard applies only to the healthcare industry. So given that, I mean, the, that fact alone to me 
raises the argument that you can't issue a citation under the general duty clause. I mean, I'm not saying that they won't try to, I'm not saying, but, but I think legally, you know, the purpose of the general duty clause is supposed to just be a temporary measure while, um, you know, specific rules are being promulgated. And so here now we have a specific rule, emergency temporary standard. So how do you continue to cite under the general duty clause? Right. Cause it could have included all of this guidance it under the emergency temporary standard and applied to employers more than just uh, in the healthcare industry. Right. All right. So based on what we know so far, we're 24 hours after it's been 24 hours since OSHA issued this emergency temporary standard and, and this guidance. Is there, is there anything further you think that we should be um, at, saying at, at this point? I think, I think we've covered what we can cover knowing what we know right now. Okay. I mean, I, I think if we try to sum this all up, it's that OSHA could have done um, a lot more and, and chose not to. Um, right. They have not made masks required. They have not made the social distancing required, at least for non-healthcare related employers. Um, so all of the all of the administrative controls, all of the engineering controls that have been part of their guidance for many, many months, for a long, long, long time, none of that is now a required um, is is a requirement. But they're still sort of suggesting that they might come after you through the general duty clause. And I guess that's possible, but we're, we're just kind of talking out loud here or thinking out loud here. And we think that that might be difficult for, um, for, for OSHA to do, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. So, well, let's just um, uh, stay tuned and, and we will come back with um more updates as we learn more about this because it is a changing situation. And um, thankfully, the COVID uh, cases are continuing to drop throughout the United States um, as more and more people get vaccinated and um, we all go about our, uh, our lives. Now, remember, as always, we are lawyers. But we're not your lawyers, at least not while we're on this podcast. Thank you all for listening. This has been the Health and Safety Law Report.